Everybody. Welcome to another episode of That's So Quetch. I'm so excited to be recording this episode as it is a bonus episode. kind of just decided to um, come up with all of these ideas in the today just upon thinking about Valentine's Day and like a bunch of different feelings that I felt like was worth unpacking um, and also just to do like a little bit of research into Valentine's Day because I feel like I've kind of been on the fence of like are you allowed to celebrate it? Like, are Jews really celebrating this? Like, what, how, what kind of, like, significance does this have to us? Um, does it have any significance to us? And just to talk about, like, my feelings about Valentine's Day in general, I feel like I, like, went into this holiday, you know, not in, like, necessarily a long-term relationship or anything. Just, like, I feel like when you're not in a relationship, you're kind of, like, the default of Valentine's Day is to be like, I hate love, I hate couples, I hate all this, like, it's so stupid, and then, like, if you're in it, you're like, yeah, like, I'm part of this exclusive club where, like, I get flowers, and I get chocolate, and, like, I am with this holiday, versus, like, kind of feeling disenfranchised, and, like, honestly, everything was kind of annoying me, like, I was just, like, a lot of cliches around me, like, oh, like, even Valentine's Day, which is supposed to be wholesome, I was just, like, in this state of, like, annoyance about Valentine's Day, um, so, of course, you know, I decided to, like, do a little research, um, and I found a lot of, like, interesting things, and I just want to sit here with my, um, I got the, if you guys have ever had the pink Moscato, oh my god, I'm, like, probably butchering the way I just said that, Jeunesse has a pink wine, um, and it's a pink bottle, and I was just like, let me just go home and, you know, have a drink, chill, talk about this, this is, like, my favorite thing to do, and, um, just been having a lot of like fun times talking to people about different ideas and like their thoughts on dating and I feel like you know just a good intro into like the behind the scenes of that so quetch like it's been so fun hearing about all these dating stories and parts of love and people's life that I wouldn't necessarily know about you know like I go places and obviously it's like the first thing that comes up and everyone's like oh so like and then I get like self-conscious because like did I really sign up for this? But like, I'm here, like we're here, we're doing it. Um, And I just feel like it's awesome that I get to find out about these intimate parts of people's lives when they tell me about their dates, when they tell me about, um, you know, their feelings about dating. And I kind of thought like, it's just interesting because there's so many different thoughts out there, so many different opinions. And I just find that I've never, I have not found like, okay, everyone, like I've heard it all before. Like there's just always a new way that people are thinking and I'm really like able to get into people's heads um and it's social so it's been really fun and like also now anytime dating comes up it's hard for me not to laugh because I'm like oh my god I spend way too much it's like almost like work related for me like when I'm at a Shabbat meal or something and someone brings up dating I'm like laughing to myself um but you know other things uh Soon by You came out with season two so of course like I had to watch it a little bit and I highly recommend it it's just like almost like too real in a way but in a good way um just uh you know Upper West Siders there's a lot of product placement that's really interesting 
I don't need to go too much into it because, you know, if you've watched it, you've watched it. I think it's a good watch. It's like 30 minutes on YouTube. There's two episodes out. Um, I think they come out with like an episode a week. Um, just Jewish life, Jewish dating. It's It pretty much sums up part. It's definitely like there's a story. Anyways, I digress. It's a great show. Watch it. What else came out? Uh, to all the boys I've loved before, the sequel came out and... I told myself I was going to wait to watch with friends, but no, I watched it last night and this morning and a little bit during my lunch break at work, and I've been reading the articles that have come out from it, and a lot of people are saying that it's it like totally fell flat and that it wasn't as good as the first one and that kind of like didn't let, like there's two guys, two protagonists in the movie, and like you don't know, they like didn't do a good job of making you root for one specific character. Um, and so a lot of the reviews were like saying that like this movie was kind of just trying too hard, um, which I thought was really interesting because when I was watching it, I definitely didn't like the movie so much. But also what I really appreciated about it was that and this is probably kind of what made it a bad movie. Like if you're going to go all in and be stereotypical rom-com and have, you know, Noah Centineo, who's like super cute and like I have an unabashed cra- crush for him, then go all in. Don't like kind of segue into it but what I like about it was that I felt like it was very relatable of like what high school romances can be like um the main character Lara Jean is just very um like she's kind of all over the place in a way um and she's really trying to figure out like a lot of feelings in herself from like how like good of a girlfriend she is like a lot of these like relationship insecurities that like I feel like are not talked about as much in movies but like they're all in there and she talks about how it's like insecure she's dating the jock and etc that being said like does it make for an amazing movie no because like you have like those moments of insecurity and then you have those moments where like it's an amazing relationship and it's just like kind of all over the place like the movie doesn't really like have a flow and like I just feel like even the conclusion when she ends up with um Peter Kavinsky like, you're not satisfied by it. Like, all of a sudden, she's like, yes, I realized I love him. But there's no explanation. And there's just so many loose ends in the movie that you can't help but think, like, okay, like, really? That's it? And I don't know. I'm curious if any of you guys watch it. Like, I'm curious what you guys think of it. Anyways, enough on that. Um, another book that I've been reading is written by a friend of mine from college. Well, she wasn't a friend. She was a couple years older than me, but she's super cool. Her name is Esty. Um, she wrote this book about modern Orthodox Jewish dating called Cautiously Pessimistic. And it's an illustrated novel and it's so great. And like also just so niche, like down to the details. It's illustrating a love story so far. I'm like almost done with the book, like three quarters of the way between a girl from Stern and like a guy who went to YU. Um, and, like, the littlest things, like, there's, like, the little YU emblem she drew and, like, him walking her home from a date, like, in Brookdale. Not that I went on so many dates when I was in Stern, but still, like, the idea of it, like, chilling outside the Brookdale awning, like, it's just so iconic. And I'm really excited because I'm going to be having her on an episode in a few weeks and her book is fantastic so far and she's just a hilarious person to speak to. So I'm really excited for you guys all to hear that. Um, anyway, so that's really all the, like, that's so fetch updates, like, 
like to pretend that when I listen to anything dating related, I'm like doing my that's so kvetch research. And then, you know, on the flip side, I'm like, really, am I really like going to be dating, like thinking about dating topics all the time? Um, So it kind of goes back and forth, but mainly it's super fun. And like also just the experience of starting a podcast is really cool. Um, You know, I actually just ordered a microphone. So if you guys didn't realize, I have been recording these episodes really ratchetly, just like on different devices. But I'm very excited to say that there is going to be a microphone. Um, Okay, and then one more update and then I'll get into Valentine's Day things. There is a girl who is doing a master's at Columbia um, in journalism, and she is focusing one of her projects on dating in the modern Orthodox world, which, you know, cool for her. That's awesome, you know, and she asked a a friend told her about my podcast. So she asked me to record and like have a whole segment of me and her uh, final video which is just cool and like a good experience so just you know all like crazy fun things and if there's anything that I'm learning just right now from this is like if you want to do something you should just do it put it out into the world see what happens and there's going to be people out there who aren't going to agree with everything I say and that's something that like I recognize and I keep kind of reminding myself but also Just like you're never, you're not going to lose anything. I think just you never know what's going to come out of certain things that you decide to do. And I, you know, I'm excited to just keep interviewing people and keep hopefully giving people the experience of sharing their thoughts about dating. Um, We've been going through a lot of different types of people. And I hope that you guys have really been enjoying listening to all the different perspectives. Anyway, so let's dive into Valentine's Day. Initially, I was thinking this is a pagan holiday. No one's really supposed to celebrate it. Like, God forbid. It's also kind of like the same feeling with Halloween where like people kind of ask you like, are you celebrating? And kind of depends what circles you're in, obviously. Some people just like celebrate it. It's like not a big deal. But I think kind of when you're on the cusp, it's like, are you celebrating? Like, are you too religious? Maybe you don't celebrate. Or like, how are you celebrating? And for some people, I feel like it's like this kind of level of religiosity. Like, are you, if you're celebrating, then you're kind of not as religious. But if you aren't, like, that's stark, you know? Like, just, it's very, like, secular to be a part of these things. So Valentine's Day kind of goes into the same effect. But I decided to do some research on the origins of Valentine's Day because my office mate today actually mentioned that it's not even, like, there's not really so much backing to it. So basically, I... So the crux of it are that Valentine's Day was first instituted by Pope Gelasius I in 496 CE to commemorate the martyrdom of St. Valentine. Yet, scholars know almost nothing about this St. Valentine. Most believe that Valentine lived in the late 3rd century CE. However, the name Valentine was common in the ancient world. There are at least 30 mentions of the name in historical documents from this time period. This article that I'm reading from is from MindJewishLearning.com. And, you know... Some people throw shade on my Jewish learning, but there's a lot of Jewish learning, no pun intended, that goes on. So I don't, I don't beat it till, I don't knock it. What's that phrase? Knock it till you try it. Anyways, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, But a lot of the stories that are associated with St. Valentine are not historical, but kind of like originate from all these different legends. One of them was that Valentine was a priest who was arrested following a theological debate about the merits of Christianity, Valentine was sen- sentenced to live with a noble by the name of Asterius 
in a form of house arrest. With the help of God and true faith, Valentine miraculously restored the sight of his master's adopted daughter, and in doing so, converted Asterius and the 24 members of the house. Seemingly good, obviously not, because when Emperor Claudius heard of this miracle and the subsequent conversions, he had Valentine killed. Okay, let's just pause and see, like, how does this have to do with Valentine's Day? Nothing. Continue. Another legend from roughly the same time period is a longer and more complex version of the same story. These two renditions of Valentine legend have a number of factual and stylistic problems that have led scholars to agree that they are not reliable sources of historical information. And the fact that these legends do not connect the martyrdom of St. Valentine and the themes of love and fertility have raised questions about the origins of the theme of St. Valentine's Day. Now let's... Uh, pause again and just think about how it's like this Hallmark holiday that really doesn't have so many origins. Moving on. Some have suggested that Valentine's Day is a Christian reconstruction of a pagan fertility festival known as Lupercalia. However, in his paper, St. Valentine, Chaucer in Spring in February, 20th century literary scholar Jack B. Oruk, okay, so this literary scholar guy, debunks this theory showing that it was based on a mistaken understanding of church chronology put forth by the English antiquarian Alban Butler in 1756 and propagated by other scholars in the 19th century. So moving swiftly along, we have no backing, no like solid backing for St. Valentine's Day, no solid backing that has anything to do with love. Um, and we press on. Academics aren't the only ones who have recognized the dubious historical basis for Valentine's Day. Vatican II, the landmark set of reforms adopted by the Catholic Church in 1969, removed Valentine's Day from the Catholic Church's calendar, asserting that though the memorial of St. Valentine is ancient, apart from his name, nothing is known, except that he was buried in the Via Flaminia on 14th of February. So this leads us to think about, you know, here are the unbeknownst origins of Valentine's Day, and now what are the Jewish considerations? Are Given that we don't have a lot of pagan things that went on, are we allowed to celebrate this day? And my Jewish learning brings up the Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Iserlis, who explains that there are four criteria that must be met in order to permit Jewish celebration of rituals initiated by non-Jews. Number one, does the debated activity have a secular origin or value? Number two, can one rationally explain the behavior or ritual apart from the Gentile holiday or event? Number three, if there are idolatrous origins, have they disappeared? And number four, are the activities usually consistent with Jewish tradition? So let's go ahead and answer. One, does the debated activity have a secular origin or value? Yes. I would say theoretically, yes. Two, can one rationally explain the behavior or ritual apart from Gentile holiday or event? Yeah, I think you can say it's a day about love and celebrating people that you love, etc. And there's a lot of cards and things to buy. If there are idolatrous origins, have they disappeared? I think that we can all confidently agree that there are really no idolatrous origins here. Um, and then are the activities actually consistent with Jewish tradition? So this article answers for the last one that, yes, the desire to express love and to offer gifts as a symbol is certainly in line with Jewish values. Um, and then goes into the day of Tuba Av, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But Basically, this article kind of kind of ends off by saying when 
While it does not represent every opinion in Jewish literature, the source from the Ramah does provide the most salient criteria for making this decision according to Jewish law, and it is the basis upon which many rabbis allow Jewish participation in Valentine's Day rituals. Now, just to give some context, I feel like my Jewish learning isn't necessarily the most like halakhically orthodox um, interpretation of Valentine's Day, so I'm not surprised to see that the conclusion is sort of like, a gray Lucy like oh yeah like Jews can do Valentine's Day but at the same time when it brings up everything together like I see it as yes you can moving swiftly along I read up a little bit more and saw that H.com had an entirely different um you know interpretation of Valentine's Day not even interpretation but like historical backing so fine this is all like the Christian history, but in, um, anyways, on H, historically, sorry. So after reading My Jewish Learning, I went to see what H said, and I remember hearing, like, in high school, like, you can't celebrate Valentine's Day, like, millions of Jews were killed on Valentine's Day, and I was always, like, shocked to hear that, but I did some research, did some refreshers, and H.com came to the rescue and said, on Friday, February 13th, back in the day, 1349, during the time of the bubonic plague, all the Jews were blamed for this plague, which, like, it's funny how you learn things growing up, but then you rehear them, and you're like, wow, that's, like, really intense. Like, tons of people are dying, and all the Jews are being blamed for this. Like, that's horrible. Um, so, on the day of Friday, February 13th, uh, these Jews were basically killed. There was like a whole ransacking and just really horrible um, in this city of Strasbourg. And they were just burned alive. And this whole article, I like could even barely read it because it was just so sad, like hearing about all the terrible things that were done to the Jews. Um, And ultimately, it didn't even say like whether you could celebrate Valentine's Day or not. At the end of the article, it was just basically like, these really terrible things happened and it was almost like a we don't even even need to tell you that obviously like you shouldn't celebrate this day but at the same time it's kind of like nothing like in the article there was nothing to do with valentine's day like they just killed the jews and it happened to be on this day but it wasn't like because it is valentine's day and that is why we're going to kill the jews regardless they would have killed the jews anyway um which is depressing to say but kind of like how i interpreted it and So anyways, dark note, what do I think about celebrating Valentine's Day? I think that if you want to, you can, like, same thing with Mother's Day or Father's Day or any of these days that commemorate something. I think, like, you should be able to commemorate love if you want to um, and if you don't want to. And that's that. Uh, If you guys don't know, there's actually a Jewish Valentine's Day called Tuba Av, which is on the 15th of Av. And it's a beautiful day, and I think it's, like, cool how we kind of have, like, the Jewish, um, the Purim is kind of, like, Jewish Halloween, and Tuba Av is, like, Jewish Valentine's Day, and learning about these holidays that have similarities to secular holidays but are celebrated entirely differently is really interesting. So, uh, um, interestingly, differently from Valentine's Day, Tuba Av's focus is on the color white, as historically... It was a day where all the women would go out and it was considered a matchmaking day for unmarried women during the time of the Second Temple. 
and they would go out and find their husbands. And the first mention of this is in the Mishnah. Rav Shimon ben Gamliel is quoted saying, in quotes, there was no better, i.e. happier days for the people of Israel than the 15th of Av plus Yom Kippur. Interesting. Since on these days, the daughters of Israel go out dressed in white and dance in the vineyards, what were they saying? Your man, consider whom you choose to be your wife. Tani, chapter four. Lovely. What a time to be alive. Also, fun fact, I used to do this thing called Bridging the Gap, RIP Bridging the Gap. It was basically a college, um, like, Hillel run organization that connected Jews from different college campuses, and I was their graphic design fellow, so I'd make a lot of their different flyers. And we had a tuba of, like, boat party where everyone wore white, and after reflecting on the day of Tuba of it just made me think back to how I was like, oh, that's when I first learned about it. I thought it was super cool, like, excuse to wear white, go on a boat, have fun. Um, I wasn't like as, in, I was kind of slowly getting more interested in religion at the time, but I just didn't feel like I like, grasped like how beautiful it is. And now as I think about the relevance of today in celebrating these ancient traditions, like it's actually really beautiful that in the 21st century modern day everyone has phones and like we're still kind of um commemorating this day I just thought it was like so beautiful and I kind of have like this reunited hope and excitement for Tuba Av this year because I think it's beautiful that the connection between Yom Kippur and Tuba Av that you wear white on both of the days because Yom Kippur is like supposedly you know one of the saddest and most difficult days of the year and Tuba Av is like one of the highest days of the year and in general, and I'm, I want to like ultimately end with this, so I'll just go back to it and I'll say what I want to say. Um, another thing that I read was that the reference of Tuba Av came, there was a reference in Gemara, and I write, have in my notes say what? Because in the Gemara it says, in looking for the origin of this day, the tribes of Israel were permitted to mingle with each other, and like it was allowed. I guess, presumably to have intermarriage on this day, which is just like casually thrown in there. And I feel like that's kind of like the vibe of the Talmud. And a lot of the time it's like, oh yeah. And like, you can, you know, I can't think of an example right now, but just like things that are dropped very casually in conversation that you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Cool. Whatever. Like ignore years of tradition, like cool. Just intermarriage was allowed on one day. Um, and it's likely alluding to the story after a civil war between the tribe of Binyamin and other Israelite tribes, where the tribes vowed not to intermarry with the men of Binyamin. And actually, my friend, shout out um, to Daniel, recently told me this story in Shoftim. And I'm just I'm going to butcher it. So I'm not even going to try. But it's a great story. And now it kind of like it makes a little bit more sense why they were allowed on this day, but also I just, you guys have to read the story. It's a good story. It was kind of like crazy. There's just a lot of crazy stories. That's like what That's So Quetch is all about. Like, you know, uncovering the crazy stories that exist in our tradition, in our liturgy, in our traditions. Um, and so, okay, fine. Let's continue. Tuba Av. For a while, people just excluded Tachanan on this day. But in the recent decades, Tuba Av has become a big deal. And especially in Israel, the entertainment industry works overnight and it's like a really big deal and it's like celebrated here a little bit. You know, they have those like Facebook events, sometimes nerdy, like J Swipe parties, whatever, white people wearing white, et cetera. But I think in Israel, it's like even more and it's also like culturally more just done. It sounds really fun. So 
who knows, maybe I'll be in Israel on Tuba Av someday. Um, and also a fun fact about the holiday is that it falls on the full moon. And yeah, that really just sums up the thoughts on Tuba Av. Cool stuff. Wow, didn't realize that I've been talking for this for about for so long. So coming away from the Jewish things, the, the Torah uh, portion of this episode, I wanted to talk about a couple different stories and just some ideas that were musings in my head. Um, the first of which is about love and the kind of like this feeling that I once had that I just am very much thinking about on this day. Like, I think traditionally we associate love with another person and relationships with another person. And, you know, when you go through a breakup, you sever the relationship and oftentimes people go through and I've gone through this before as well the feeling that you're never going to find someone again um and that you'll just never find love and like how like it's just impossible to imagine yourself starting from square one and having to get back out there and find people um and I definitely struggled a lot with that with some of my breakups feeling that I just like that was it you know there was I was how was I the feeling of like how am I ever ever going to find someone again is a very palpable feeling and in it seems crazy like when you think about it and you're not associated with it but when you're in it like it's so real you just know absolutely that you will not find another person but in my most recent breakup like serious breakup that I had in my senior year of college it was like I don't need to go into super details, but he dumped me and it was very like out of the blue and I didn't expect it at all. Um, and afterwards, I thought, you know, that I was going to have that feeling. I was like, oh, my God, like I really thought this was going somewhere and it's just didn't. And I remember that after that, I had thought, you know, I'm the queen of breakups like I can do this like I've gone through this before and I can do it. And the truth is, like, it was very hard. It wasn't like 100 percent, but. What I really found that was different in this breakup as opposed to other ones was that I found a way to, first of all, I didn't feel that feeling crazy enough as it is that I wouldn't find someone. I was like, okay, like I found someone before I found him when I thought I couldn't find anyone. So clearly like I'll find someone again. I'm not worried about that, which is a feeling that at the time I was really thankful to have because I really didn't expect it. Um, But I also found that I was able to harness the energy of the love that I had towards my ex and like bring it into different facets of my life so it was a time where I was like really getting deeply invested into a lot of new hobbies so I was you know working on a magazine in college that I had spent a lot of time on and I really like put my heart and soul into it and like I mean that literally because I was so invested that I felt like I just like I had the similar amount of love that I had in the relationship and it was just being kind of like transmitted in all these different pockets of my life and in a weird way like I still felt alive and yeah I think that the love in a relationship with another person is kind of like an extra spark of fire that I had but also like I was very invested in this program I don't even know what to call it basically it's this thing called Daybreaker um, morning dance parties very fun you also like do yoga um and it's just a very uplifting thing so I used to volunteer for that religiously I was very involved and very like invested I almost wanted to work for them and that would have been really cool but didn't happen um 
and I just really taught me a lesson that love is something that you can spread out and it's not necessarily about another person and sometimes it can be but also I think sometimes you can use the same energy and the passion and bring it into other areas of your life and I even like these days like when things I just like everyone I feel like I'm a broken record at this point but like I really fall in love with like the story that is life and I think that in falling in love with the story of life I'm able to see things from afar and not get so invested in certain things in my life because when you see something as like just a little story in the facet of your life you're able to see how small it is in comparison to the rest of your life um you know just that's really how I feel um and that's one thing another thing that I wanted to talk about was how like I just feel like I've kind of been like in a lull like dating wise and sometimes I'm in highs and sometimes I'm in lows and that's kind of just how it goes but I saw this really cute notebook this week um that had a rainbow chameleon on it and on top of it it said embrace change and I just thought of this chameleon that was like all colors and how nice it is that it's just embracing change and um you guys know that I have a lot of goals and a lot of ideas for things that I want to accomplish in this year 2020 and when I saw that colorful chameleon I was just like you know the consumer in me came out and I just thought I have to have this notebook so I can unpack my feelings in this journal and be a cliche person Um, but it also just made me think about like love as this like up and down wavy kind of journey that we go on and even I think there's like this idea in Jewish culture that like once you get married like that up and down just completely stops but I think it doesn't and I think that's something that like we need to remember and kind of like keep in mind that you get married and there are a lot of things that are great and really comforting and relieving but I think also like then you enter a new chapter and there are so many other things that you it's not like you have to worry about them but like there are different battles to fight when you're in a completely different phase of your life. I don't think that everything suddenly gets better. And so I think that it's important to like appreciate the moments in our lives that we're in and accept that God has a plan. It's like so hard when you're spewing cliches to listen to them and really kind of understand that they're true, but it's really true. Um, And there's this quote by the Guatama Buddha, nothing is forever except change. And again, like I know it's cliche, but it's just true. And I am, I wish that you all can like, you know, we can all feel inspired if we're in, if any of you guys are also like feeling that lull and that like, not necessarily an emotional down, but just like a, it's like a lower point, you know, um, that you can just be in it. And then you know, I'm so excited. I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Like it's, it's so exciting. And then one of the like things, like my big thoughts that I really wanted to kind of like wrap up this episode with is, um, the connection between Tuba Av and Yom Kippur and how Yom Kippur is one of the holiest days of the year. And Tuba Av is also in this quote that we read from Rabbi Shimon Bukamliel from the Mishnah and just made me think about how, there's a lot of imagery 
for me when I feel in love or just in general when I'm like really in the flow of something where I feel like I'm kind of like lifted off the ground like elevated off of the ground and you know there's a lot of songs about it that have been kind of flowing through my head there's a song by San Hollow called lift me from the ground and there's a song that I love that's very uplifting you know the song like the oldie song that's called your love keeps lifting me higher it's like your love keeps lifting me higher and it just makes me think about like lifting from the ground but also when you're doing all these other things that aren't necessarily in a relationship there are other hobbies or experiences you can have where you feel that lifting within you and it's the same lifting it's the exact same lifting that you would feel if you were in a relationship and I just think that that's really interesting but at the same time love is really associated with heartbreak and grief and loss and you know people go through divorces and people's like heartbreaks get severed engagements get broken off like these things happen and you know then I go around in New York City and I see like red and pink and like everything is all over the place and I'm like looking at and squinting at these store windows thinking like I don't understand why we're all forgetting that probably tons of people walking in the streets are suffering have like a dealt with breakups have gone through breakups have gone through any sort of like pain related to love but yet it's like no, like for Valentine's Day, like we're just going to ignore that all and focus on like all the good things that have ever happened. And no wonder there are people walking around like feeling that cynical uh, feelings of Valentine's Day. I think that love is something to be celebrated. And we learned that you can celebrate Valentine's Day as a Jew. And there's just so much more in life. Like food is great. Like I'm drinking this rosé. Like I'm going to eat good food this weekend. Food is just good. I came to my office this morning and my office mate got brought me chocolate and I ate a lot of it. And um, I feel cliche saying it, but also like if you really think about it and think about your hobbies and the things that you love to do or the people that you surround yourself by, like you have a lot of things that you really love in life. Um, and so I'm just going to really finish off with a bracha that may you all enjoy this weekend just as you enjoy any other weekend just enjoy the day and submit to whatever flow that you need to submit to and just let go and have fun and enjoy this crazy life that we live anyways thank you so much for listening bye